Hey, what it do, sports fans? Welcome to the Sports Live podcast brought to you by Multimedia Live. I'm Sboom Jigeli, so your host, and I will be joined by various guests on this exciting new podcast to discuss the latest ins and outs of the sporting world. I think it is too much of a burden uh, to place the country's social ills on a sport. As much as winning the Rugby World Cup has meant a lot of great things, there are a lot of uh, deep-rooted social ills that this Rugby World Cup win will not paper over. What it can do is to perhaps be a motivating factor to everyone to look at themselves and say, what can I do better for this country, much like the Springboks have done. Right, so we've decided to start off with a little bit of gratuitous self-promotion there. That was the sound of my voice. That's my professional voice, shall I say. <laughs> a lot of people saying I've got a journalistic voice. That was me on carte blanche last Sunday. Really, really enjoyed that, talking about the Springboks. If you missed it, the video, the full video of the insert is actually on YouTube, on Carte Blanche's YouTube page. And you can listen to my views as well as Victor Madfield's views on the impact of the Rugby World Cup win by the Springboks for South Africa, for the whole country indeed, as well as everybody knows now that Sia Colisi was a man that took us over the line. He was the captain, being the first black Springbok captain, and becoming the man that brought the third William Webb Ellis Trophy to these shores once again. I'm still buzzing off that high, but I've had again to suspend um, or to curb my enthusiasm as far as rugby this week. Otherwise, I would have gotten in a whole lot of trouble uh, by ignoring the developments that have been happening on the football field. So I'm putting my rugby bias aside just for this week though so who knows i might just pull another rabbit out of the hat much like rassi erasmus did for this springbok world cup campaign yeah on the football field guys nobody can stop Kaiser chiefs at this very moment they are top of the absa premiership yes they've gotten nine wins a draw and one single loss from the whole campaign and to boot they have gotten back-to-back wins over Orlando Pirates in the Telkom Knockout Cup as well as the Elsa Premiership in the Soweto Derby that was played last week Saturday they won that one 3-2 thanks to a penalty uh, by uh, Cardoso so we're going to get into a conversation as to whether or not we should give Kaiser Chiefs the trophy now or even are they the real deal there's a special conversation coming up as usual but you're gonna have to wait a little while before we get into that and the sweetener for kaiser chiefs was that mamelodi sundowns the reigning champions and hot rivals of course we've heard the comments between pizza musimane as well as ernst middendorp um they were beaten by golden arrows over the weekend 3-2 in a very wet and rainy soggy encounter where dennis onyango i don't think that was his best game. He was culpable for at least one of the goals. And there was one that was a penalty. Golden Arrows doing the business. Of course, these two teams are still going to meet in the Telcom knockout semi-finals not too long from now. And I'm sure uh, Golden Arrows, Abafana Bestende, Steve Compella's side, will look at this and lick their lips. They will be champing at the bit to go at sundowns yet again. But for Pizzo Musimane, he was very, very disappointed. Somewhat dejected as well. 
Uh, I got the feeling that he probably felt worse losing to Arrows than he did with Kaiser Chiefs. Obviously, we remember that he said he doesn't have to beat Chiefs in order to win the league. But right now, pole position belongs to Kaiser Chiefs. I'm a Corsi. And my Melody Sundowns definitely will have to hang their heads in shame after their 3-2 defeat. In other results, Black Leopards beat Cape Town City 2-1. Cape Town City were riding over high after their coach, Benny McCarthy, was shown the door just last, last week. They beat Polokwane City 5-3 in the ensuing game following McCarthy's departure, but they couldn't follow that up. Obviously, then it's uh, clear that the problems are bigger than just Benny McCarthy being at the helm. They lost 2-1 to struggling Black Leopards, as well as Chippa United beat Amazulu 2-0. Um, now that we have an international window, we can actually reflect on what's been going on in our local football, as well as we had Polokwane City play, face Baraka FC, and Baraka getting the better of that Limpopo derby, beating them 1-0 in uh, earlier results uh, before the Chiefs game or around about the same time. Stellenbosch and uh, Highlands Park held each other to a goalless draw while on Friday night, last week Friday, Bidvest vets the students lost narrowly 1-0 to Supersport United. Matsadzanza. Supersport United definitely smash and grab there, getting a late, a late, late goal there from Sipombule, the midfielder from the Free State, one of the talented youngsters there. And I really, really think it's a great after premiership season. If you were looking at the table, like I said, Kaiser Chiefs are on top, 28 points, a whopping 10 points ahead of second place Mamelodi Sundowns, who've only played one game less, so they can't even say that they will cover with games in hand. Supersport United are on 17, and they've played the same number of games, which is 11. And Golden Arrows, Abafana Bestender. Yeah, you guys have to give it to Steve Compeller, man. I've been trying to get him onto the podcast, and and uh, we have a handshake agreement and hopefully he will be on before the, the halfway mark of the season or at least before the end of the year. And I really, really want to get Steve Compella in the studio. We want him here. We want him seated right in front of us. And if you've been following the uh, Premier League, I don't know how much overseas football you guys have been following, but um, Liverpool stunned Manchester City over the weekend, beating them 3-1. Lots of controversy. There were allegations of handball by Trent Alexander-Arnold, people wanting penalties, Pep showing um, the officials the the uh, two-handed sign there to say they've been denied two penalties. Hey, look, lots of conjecture around it. But my team, Chelsea, we're continuing to win. We are third now, even though we've got a ban uh, a transfer ban, which a lot of people know about. Leicester City are also second, uh, tied on 26 points with Chelsea. Man, it's going to be a great, great footballing season. But I'm not going to hold you very long. I want to get into Mzansi Super League, but I think we'll save that that episode for next week. I've been I've been promised that we'll speak to one of the Josie stars. So you don't want to miss out on the Sports Live podcast, man. We've got great, great guests coming up. We want to close off this year. 2019, which is our debut on a nice and lovely high. We want to get in some nice, great guests coming in. Wonderful guests we had for this episode as well. And let's get straight into that conversation. I am joined now for the special part of our conversation, as usual, on the Sports Life podcast. We have a special guest, and man, oh man, 
turning it up a notch, focusing on football. This week, you put rugby on the back burner, and I'm sure a lot of you are pretty grateful that I've kind of dialed it down, guys. It was World Cup time, obviously, and the Springboks did win, so I think I'm justified that. But in studio, I'm joined by Mark Haskins, former Cosmos, as well as Bitvest Vitz midfielder. Welcome, Mark. Well, thanks. Thanks for having me, Boo. Great to be here. And Sihlen Debele of Sowetan, resident football writer. <laughs> and the guy I'm trying to rope in as a resident analyst here at Sports Live. Welcome, Sihlen. Thank you very much, Boo. Yeah, welcome, guys. Um, I brought you in under the pretext that we'll talk about Kaiser Chiefs, the current um, Absa Premiership log leaders. But who knows where this conversation will go. Mark, uh, good to catch up with you, bud. Um, I know I last, we last saw each other when you were still uh, anchoring a sports show in the mornings for, for Sunrise ETV, right? And now you're with uh, SABC as an analyst, which um, I'm sure is going well for you. Yeah, I'm enjoying it. I've always wanted to be on that side of the table. Um, I used to be the one asking the questions. Now um, I have a chance to share the little knowledge that I have and the insights into the game. So I'm really enjoying that side of it. I'm sure it's a lot of knowledge. And you coach as well, coaching with juniors, trying to get them qualifying for the Varsity Cup, Varsity Football next year. Um, That's something I'm very passionate about. Um, I love coaching. I love, again... Um, imparting knowledge yeah. um, and so it's it's been an awesome journey uh, I really love it and um, I can talk a lot about that so don't get me started because uh, I still feel that's the missing link in, one one of the one missing of, links yeah, in South African yeah. football is the, the varsity route yeah brilliant so you've been watching oh, football no, I'm no. sure um, past weekend's results what do you make of it I think it was a very interesting week uh, mm. because a lot of records were, were, were broken uh, starting by arrows beating sundowns, but that's regular though. Sun, uh, arrows have been having sundowns no number for a while. There was mm-hmm. a five-one that they beat them. At, I think that was that was a, 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 a while ago. But because this win was their first win since 2015, their first league win since 2015. Oh, league win. Okay, yeah. Okay. Okay. So, so it was a it was a very interesting week in terms of records being being broken and Chiefs won their first derby in. in in five years as well, Jesus. in regula- in, regula- in regulation time. Yeah, yeah. We're not yeah. counting the Chelkum knockout because it was a two-two throw. And we don't count Carling Black Label. No, right? that yeah. is out of the picture. We don't count plastic trophies. <laughs> <laughs> that is out of the picture. Yeah, yeah. Black label is not being counted. Yeah, and uh, Mark, what did you make of the game? Obviously, everyone knows uh, uh, Chiefs took the bragging rights. Three-two in what was. Another sort of thrilling encounter following up on the telecom knockout, uh, you know, 2 2, which finished 2 2 after extra time, and, and Chiefs won it um, in, on penalties. What did you make of this one, which I think had about as much riding on it in terms of stamping Chiefs' I don't want to say dominance, it might be a big word, <laughs> well, but Chiefs' good start to the season. Yeah, it's it's gone a long way to, I would say, stamping the authority on the league at <laughs> yeah. this point in time. Um, the league, I must say, as a whole, mm. has been exceptionally exciting this year. And, and I'm not talking about what's happening um, in terms of the way Chiefs have, uh, have you know, gone ahead of the pack. Yeah. I'm talking in general. If you look at some of the games that have been played, I mean, I was privy to so many quality games. I, I remember a 3 old draw between um, Supersport United and Cape Town City. Yeah. 4-3, Budvest um, and Pirates. Um, then we saw this one now, 3-2. There's been some fantastic Didn't football. Didn't Super Sport United smash and grab Vets as well? 
They, yeah, they won one. Yeah, I mean, yeah. after on Friday, Fitz were yeah. dominating. Friday night, yeah, Gavin Hunt was lamenting the amount of chances they missed. <laughs> I mean, Supersport were nowhere in that game, and then they come, like you say, smashing grab right at the end. But that's football. That's what we love about this game. That's what makes it so special. Yeah. Um, and I, I must commend absolute Premiership football right now is on a high. And if you look at the level of the play, the 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 level of of the competition, and you know how exciting it is, yeah. we haven't seen it this great in a very long time. And and that's what I'm really excited about. Um, in terms of the the game on, on on Saturday, I think we we were treated to a spectacle. I mean, it had everything from 45 seconds in. <laughs> I know, right? I mean, imagine being Yahuza in that in that in that situation. 45 seconds into a Soweto derby, bro. You're thinking, ah, just a re- routine header back to the keeper. You look up, your keeper it's is in right the in back front. of the net. <laughs> right was crazy. Of Did you see how? I think he cried. Didn't he? Was, he must he have looked, been in tears. It, it, it was like very, he was, like he's, no, he was dejected. But his teammates tried to pick him up and and, and tell him to to focus because there's still there 90 was, minutes there was to play. To be played. You can't do that. Uh, <laughs> even it was before. It was one minute. It was 45 seconds. You can't be dejected at that, at that early stage of the game because it was still a long way to go. But you have to you have to commend the Pirates players as well because they rallied around him and they you know they picked him yeah, up and they, they said, didn't hey, blame him. You know, like, there, was, come on, there come wasn't on. fighting within it. Like nobody looked at him and like, hey, you costing us and whatever the, the case may be. The they was, literally lifted and him. And the worst part is that he was the captain of the day. He was the captain on the day because Abby Jele obviously was suspended, the regular captain. But on the whole, then you look at, I mean, even after that, then Chiefs kind of dominated the opening exchanges. Pirates went down the other end and they 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 showed immediately that they're not going to sit back. They're going to go and, you know, just allowed the game to be yeah, open because have after conceding um, within the first minute, now you're, all systems go you now, have to, now, now it's okay, game on, <laughs> let's go for it. You may so as well Pirates throw started going. Sink. Unfortunately, I think Pirates, um, one one weakness they have right now is is defending on set plays. Okay. Um, so they, they were very vulnerable on corner kicks. If you look at it early on, um, Nurkovic, they got two free uh, corner, kicks. corner kicks. Nurkovic got on the end of both of them. Uh, but lucky, un, uh, lucky for Pirates, he didn't capitalize. But then Castro came off, I think, the third or fourth corner kick. And then leaped up. In the back of the net, 2 nil down. And then you thought, okay, is this going to be uh, a drubbing? A, a walk over. You know, because it, yeah. it looked like at that point, like, you know, because Nurkovic was dominating in the air. Yeah. Um, Castro was dominating in the air. They were playing that, you know, long ball. Um, and then Biliat, Manyama and uh, Maluleka were picking up the second mm. ball. Um, then you thought, hey, hey, this could get ugly for Pirates, you know. But that's why you have to commend the coach. You have to commend the players. The reaction of the Pirates mm, players—they mm. could have been dejected. They could have given up at that point. But they still—they never gave up. They kept fighting. They kept playing the football that the coach wants, and that brought them back into the game. And the the really good thing for them was that they—I mean, Lodge, I mean, Pule scored Vincent that Pule, yeah. screamer before Jeez, halftime. You know, you know who that that goal reminded me of. Remember Joseph Nake. Yeah, yeah. He's he's got a couple from the corner uh, with his left foot from corner kicks but that went that, directly into goal. I think Akbe should have done better there. You think, think that was Akbe Ak- should have done better? I, I, th- I, I think, think that post, was a good. I think that was a good opportunity. Oh, post, no. It's yes. You can't be beaten like that as, as an international goalkeeper. But now ask yourself, what was the wall there for? Because yeah, the wall is there. It's a free kick in anywhere around the 18 area. It's if that was in front of the box and he bent it over the wall. 
and it went into the top corner, we'd be like, okay, no. So yeah. the goalkeeper puts his wall in that position to protect his near post because he has to move and protect. In cases across, maybe, maybe it goes... Because goes to imagine, the cross and he has to go collect or punch out or something like imagine that. Imagine he's protecting his yeah. near post and they put it far post and they hit it in. What are we going to say then? Because goalkeepers put a wall but there. You can't be beaten uh, from that distance. It's the same distance. <laughs> okay. Especially, especially when you are an, especially when you are an international goalkeeper. Okay, but think about it. If if it was if it was in the front of the box, yes, yeah. it was a tight angle. Yeah. That's what made it special. If it was the front of the box and you put it over, like what we see week in week out, it's it's literally the same thing. But just at the angle you have to aim at, exactly, yeah. is, is far less. It was inch, but inch see, perfect. Don't you think the element of doubt, the fact that yeah. the keeper doesn't know. Where it can go, like it can go, because the box is stacked with with guys yeah, that want players. to head the ball right in and defenders, and he's got his own players to contend with. So he's probably thinking, "Let me just watch the dangerous cross here. Yeah. I've got a wall." Yeah, but it's it's it is his duty to make sure that uh, his his defense is not blocking his sight when these free kicks are taken, because mm. you saw that he didn't see the ball coming. He just he saw it late. Yeah, he, he was just surprised that the ball is now here. Mm. You see? Now, for me, the thing is, when and a lot of people say a yeah, goalkeeper shouldn't be beaten on the near post, we speak about that in terms of like one on one situations. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. One on one situations, goalkeeper comes and closes on player, you make sure you cover your near post. So, because the, the far post is difficult to score. But in a dead ball situation, when you put a wall in place, the wall is there the same way if it was in the top of the box. You put the wall on one side mm. and you protect the other side. So now it's going to have to take something special to beat you. So the guy has to do something special the to wall beat the wall. Jump. They didn't jump. That was the problem. Um, it was <laughs> Billiat. If I remember, Billiat was in the wall. Also, why would you have um, Billiat on the wall? No, you, you want... Those, those are the guys you want there because you want your big guys in the box to defend the... Um, set piece. The, the set piece in terms of the, yeah, the headers. Like headers. Yeah. It, yeah. You have to go 1v1 in the 18 area. Your center picks must be so there, yeah. The problem, the problem was the wall did not jump. And the guys, let's not take away from the free kick. Okay. We can say that yeah, go, yeah. the goalkeeper should have... Pre- class, class, yeah. If you look from that angle, when you bend it and it hits the inside of the post, that means it's doing. it's almost coming back like that because it hit the post and went in. That is absolutely difficult to do because if it's going to bend like that, hit the post and go in. From that angle, how, you, how did he bend it like that? Yeah. That was... I don't think he'll hit it that sweet again in his life. <laughs> oh, he'll try it though. I'm he'll sure. try it. <laughs> I'm, sure, but I'm sure Vincent Pulis. Let's not take it. That was an that was absolutely phenomenal striker goal. Yeah. But yeah, okay. But at the end of the day, the spoils went to Kaiser Chiefs. Um, let's talk the penalty. See um, I, I saw Eskimo on Twitter <laughs> going back and forth with the uh, Chiefs fans. Um, Eskimo, the, the ex-referee, uh, the ex-head yeah. of referees, uh, that didn't believe that that was um, a penalty, the challenge from Marku on, on Bernard Parker. Um, I want to hear your thoughts first, Sile, whether you think it was justified or not. That was very close, but I think there was a contact. I think there was a contact because... As far as I know, if, if there is a contact inside the box, in most cases, it's a penalty. Yeah, okay. I think it was a penalty. So, so we, are we all agreeing that there but was But I think, think Parker was clever as well to, <laughs> to fall in there that way. I think he was very clever. Yeah. I think for me, I must say, um, Paseko Marco, I must add, 
was one of my favorite players on the day. Yeah. He was, I mean, up and down the field. The amount of energy he has. I absolutely, I was loving watching him play. Yeah. His combinations with Mahango as well throughout the afternoon. Who scored a great goal. was really good. Yeah. Mm. So, yes, for me, that was the one mistake he made. And that showed the inexperience more than anything. Okay. Because Bernard Parker was not in a da- necessarily a dangerous position. But the experience, for me, what that... That whole penalty situation boiled down to was the experience of Parker against yeah. the inexperience of Marco. Because Parker showed him enough of the ball to yeah. make him think he could win the Maybe ball. Maybe he can get it. It's like, it's there, take it. But then at the right second, Parker just pushes it away yeah. and he goes over because there was contact. So it was, it was, but in Parker, yes, he bought it. Yeah. But it was a legitimate shot for a penalty because he engineered it to a certain extent yeah, that yeah. way. Yeah. Because Mar- he, he lured him in. He Marco knows in, that he's going to He lured commit. him in and then he, he just he did what he commit. had to. And that's how you win games. That's why he was brought onto the field. His experience was needed in those closing yeah, stages. Yeah, yeah. And he came on and he made the difference. And you have to credit the coach in that instance as well because the right man to bring on in that situation, yeah. you need something special. Experience counts. Mm, and mm. Bernard Pocket was the difference on the day, I guess. Can we credit Ernst Middendorp for this um, good run that she's on? They're still in the Telcom knockout, the, the top of the the top of the upper prim, Premiership table. They've only lost one game and they've won nine, which I think is more than what they won the whole of last season, if not equal to. I'm the not whole quite, season. I'm, yeah, I'm, pre- not, I'm actually pretty sure that they like, either uh, tied the 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 their record of wins from all of last season or beaten it. And it's only a third of the way through. And what? We're talking Middendorp is now, what, almost a year into the job now? Yeah, it's almost it's a year because he came in December. Yeah, so yeah. in this year, he's probably had the best of both worlds. Um, he was largely blamed for... Yeah, they, they won nine last season. They won nine last yeah. season. So they've matched yeah, the, their full tally from the whole season of last year. After just 11 games. Just 11 games this year. Impressive. Same same coach as pretty much the bulk of the season and Smidendorp. Mm. And he was vilified for for you know finishing outside the top eight. And you know, Chiefs did look stale last season. But yeah. but they didn't have a fit Eric Matoho at the same time. You know, a lot of a lot of things have changed and they've mm. got Semi Nurkovic as well. Um Sikhe, do you think credit needs to go to Ernst Middendorp? Of course, of course we must uh, give him credit. Since he came back, he's, he's a changed man. He's very cool now. He's not uh, your typical middle of that will uh, shout at, at, at players, shout at, uh, at the mm. journalists. He's a changed man overall, and I think we must we must credit him. And if it continues like like this, I think Chiefs will will uh, will win this title. Mm. Mark, you you want people to exercise caution? Yeah, uh, I think it's still. I mean, let's. I, I fully agree with you. You have to give Merendor credit. I mean, what they've done to this point, because um, this, in football, saying is two points per game yeah. wins you the league. So 60 points average. is generally mm-hmm. good enough mm-hmm. to win the league. Okay. I think the past five <laughs> seasons mm. have been won with less than 60 points, something to that extent. Mm. So two points per game wins you the league. If you look at the rate that they are now, they're well above two points per game mm, because mm. 11 games in there on 28 points. They've only dropped five points out of 33. They've dropped five points. That's incredible. Yeah. They yeah, are on a yeah. phenomenal run right now. That's a great run. And so you have to give credit to the coach for that. And yeah. we speak about 
the the camaraderie within the team, mm. the way they fight for one another, the way they work. Um, they don't always play well, yeah, but they're getting results. I mean, and that's the mark you, you of a see championship that from team. From the first game against Highlands Park, I think I think they scraped three two. Yeah, but yeah. like yeah. every time Highlands Park came back, they just just managed to get just one more thing to to to, to block that that momentum, and. Are they the real deal, though? Are they the, like a real deal? I mean, like genuine title contenders, as in with with a good look. Are we going to be in April here sitting thinking they're a run away from, from reclaiming the title? I think the most important thing is that uh, their players must stay injury-free. Ah, good. Because we know Manyama's injury yeah, prone. Biliad is injury prone. Matoho has just come back because, from Because their, their bench is not as, as strong as you would have expected it to be. Because that, uh, at this stage, I only see only Zuma as, as an impact player. Mm. Imagine if Zuma gets injured today. But you, I, you feel that your best 11, who can come in and change the game for you? Mm-hmm. If I can maybe just um, contest that a little bit. Yeah. Because for me, what was a defining moment this week, and it wasn't even beating um, Pirates twice or whatever the case may be. Yeah. The mm. defining moment for me this week was the Chipper United game. Okay. They played Chipper United midweek. Yeah. And yes, Chipper is obviously uh, rock bottom. They're struggling right now. Yeah. But it was, it's not a bad Chipper United team because you look at what they did on the weekend beating Amazulu. Yeah, yeah. Um, Chipper have always ran, had quality ran players. They've always, as well, you understand? Uh, so Chipper's not a bad team. They just haven't had great yeah. results. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But if you look at the game, they won 2 0. Who was the catalyst for that? Zuma. Yes. <laughs> Zuma, you're right. But what I'm the point I'm making is about the depth. Mm. They made mm. eight changes coming into the weekend from the midweek game. Mm. Eight changes. Yeah. So if you can make eight changes and still win games against cheaper, ag- <laughs> but you've made at against any, cheaper and Port Elizabeth when you well, can change when you can change eight players and still win Good and part. still win, that speaks volumes for your squad and the depth of your squad because midweek to the weekend you change eight players that also speaks to okay the, the to, to be fair though Tinyem didn't have a great game in that in, in that Chiefs encounter as well he didn't I mean yeah he didn't really cost them if okay. you look at the goals that was yeah, scored it's yeah. not like he, he gave them anything the, the okay. second, and the second, the second one, one yes yeah. but yeah. he should have done better yeah the first one he couldn't do look, anything okay no. they, they, they got a little bit of help but alright let's give yeah I, I, I'm just wanna you know I think a lot of people have been critical of Chiefs in the recent past and I mean deservedly so if you're gonna finish outside the top eight and you guys are Chiefs and they haven't won a trophy for what now for four, five years mm. yeah I think what's scary about this Chiefs team for me yeah as well is their versatility because they're not one-dimensional yes mm. they have been playing more the root uh, root one ball <laughs> and playing the second ball but then there are moments in the game where they knock it around. And when you are able to do that, when you can switch it up, that speaks volumes mm-hmm. of the team. That's a well-coached team that's, you know, a well-oiled machine because if you need to go long, you go long. If you need to keep it, slow the game down. They've done that very well. We saw that against Sundowns mm. where they were, you know, they were peppering them with a the long ball, mm. Nurkovic, Castro, whatever the case may be. But then there were moments in the game where it's like, okay, let's slow it down. And then draw them, draw the Sundowns players out, yeah. draw them out, and then we go long again. And and it's Manyama was very instrumental in that uh, yes. part of play. Amen. The second so, ball, yeah. Guys, yeah. On that topic of Manyama, this is the best Manyama I've seen since uh, Cape Town City 
just as he won uh, uh, Football of the Year and just before he left uh, to go overseas, are we seeing the old Manyama? I think he's getting there. I think he's getting, getting there. there. I mean, he doesn't I, have the... the, the I, I feel like he, he thrives when he's the main man. At Cape Town City and at AX before, he was the main man. Everybody had looked to him as well as at City. He was, it was a new club and he was captain. So everything rallied around him. Now, I mean, there's Billiard, there's Castro. There's a lot of players who are, you know, in their own right, pretty, pretty, pretty dominant players, yeah. players in, their, in their own positions. Has he, you know, some people say he can't succeed in a big team. Have we seen the version of Manyama that lots of people have actually thought this is the, this is it, this is the one that's going to actually... I think for me, it's consistency right? Okay. Um, of play. I think when he was at Supersport, he, he wasn't playing regularly. He was mm, in and out. Mm, mm. Um, now at Chiefs, he's pretty much, you know, he's... A part of that established starting eleven, right? And he's playing consistently, and that is his role is defined within the team. And when you you know because he's such a versatile player, sometimes he'll be played out wide, sometimes he'll be played a bit uh, you know um, as a ten, or even he can even play as a striker. It makes it difficult for you to really find your place, mm, yeah. and so you're not commanding a regular place because there's inconsistency there. You're not playing the same position. You're fighting for different positions. Mm, um, mm. Maybe there's a stopgap. The coach needs you to just fill in there, whatever the case may be. Mm. And I think that maybe has been an issue. But now that he's got a defined role, he's part of a starting eleven. Now he can literally, you know, knuckle down and say, okay, this is my role, and apply himself week after week. And I think that's the consistency is why we're seeing, I think, the best Manyama we've seen um, probably, like you say, since his Cape Town City days because we all know what he's capable of. Yeah. Um, you don't become a bad player overnight. Of course not. That's, uh, we know that the quality talented. that's there. Mm. And so I think the consistency for me is probably what has now translated into the, the performances we are seeing. His role is a little deeper as well now. He's not yeah. the forefront of the attack. There's Castro there, there's Samir Nukovic as well. Is that helping him out? In yeah, a way? because he's been playing as a link uh, to defense and attack. Ah. If, if if you not if you've noticed, he's helping uh, he's helping uh, Malulega in mm, the midfield mm, because Malulega mm. is is not the old Malulega now. You see yeah, that he's, yeah, he's a little leggy. He, yeah, yeah, he can't uh, he can't play in the middle alone. Yeah. Need, especially with uh, with Bakas out. Yeah, okay. Manyama has to drop back into the midfield and neglect that uh, that ten role yeah. to make sure that he's, that he's helping uh, Malulega. If, if you look at the, the formation they're playing now, mm. and, you know, formation is a very finicky thing because formations change throughout the game. Mm. Because when you're in attack, you're playing one formation. When you're defending, Friend, you're playing yeah. another formation. Mm. And mm. so it's not, you know, nobody just plays 4-4-2 four, four, or nobody just plays 3-5-2, like like whatever. You know, the game, so yeah. if you, look, is a movement if you look at this, this Chiefs yeah, team, yeah. what they're doing, right? they got their back four, mm. and they've got Katsande sitting in front of the back four. Mm. Then you've got a line of three, which is Biliat, Maluleke, Maluleka, and um, Manyama. Manyama yeah. And then you've got the two up top. Mm. So the literally, big guys up you've got, when they play that long ball, mm. the second ball is critical. That's what they play off. There's pace. You've got, you've got three got guys ah, right, who are rushing the second ah, ball. Yeah. Yeah, so that's yeah. what she's, they're looking for Nurkovic, they're looking for Castro, but the three guys that are coming under it, and those are the those criticals. guys are good at yeah. holding it up as well, so they can just do a now nice Im little layoff. Imagine when the ball is traveling mm. and Biliat is flying, you know, and yeah. Manyama's flying, and, and, and Manuleka's flying. Nine out of ten headers. Nurkovic is. Uh, they, you think Nurkovic? Nurkovic is, is the, 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 the guy. The he guy. is phenomenal in the air. Yeah, he wins. Yeah. 
like you say, he wins just about everything. And the worst thing is on the weekend, he was a lot of times they put him out against the wing backs. And the wing backs oh, on the weekend was Mabaso yeah. mm. and uh, Marco. Mm. So it was always a mismatch. He was always going to win those battles. Yeah. And then you've got those guys flying in, trying to pick up the second ball. Mm. And now where you? You're in the final third. And now, you know, you, you're practically in Pirates goal. And that's what makes Chiefs really dangerous right now. All right, Sishle, I'll let you have the last word on Chiefs. Uh, should we take them seriously? Yeah, we must. We must. The threat. <laughs> Remember, in the in the 2012-13 season, they started like this under Pax, mm. and they eventually won won this this league title. I think we must we must start to to, to see them as as as, cont- as real contenders. Yeah, yeah. The funny thing, mm. I like what you're saying. If they continue like this, you spoke about records being broken. Mm. I mean, they are on par to break. I mean, I'm sure. I don't know what the highest tally like is for PSL. Um, the points, the points record. I'm not yes, sure what the highest. 66. 65, 66. Yeah. yeah, 65, 66. I mean, they well on it's track. It's not a lot. It's not 70. If they no, keep going 70. like this, <laughs> if they keep going like this, yeah. they could literally smash that record. So, um, I'm still of the mind that it's too early to say Chiefs are champions. It's way too early. 19 games to play. A lot can happen in 19 games. 10 points clear. Yeah, 19, <laughs> 19 games to play. A lot can happen um, because this is football. Yeah. But wow, this uh, it's going to take some stopping. This team is really going to take some stopping. Funny story. I bumped into Ernst Middendorp. I was at Mark Stratum, one of the Tissot Black Star Sports Group writers. Uh, we at his place having a nice little lunch there, courtesy of Mark Striker Stratum and Ernst Middendorp. Was there long well. table. Yeah, the long <laughs> table. And uh, he was at the high end of the table and he bumped into by the restroom. And he gave me this eye because we've had a few uh, uh, tunnel running <laughs> in Marysburg back when I used to be in Durban. And he wagged the finger at me and I was like, I come in peace, coach. I come in peace. So he'll be happy to hear that um, hostilities have died down. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's uh, well, a change, man. It seems like he is a changed man. I've, I'm actually winning. Winning, quietly, will, winning will do winning that. Does that actually, winning will winning do that to you. But also, he didn't lose his rag um, after last season's disaster. I think. Um, I as mean, well. that, yes. That w- when we say a disaster, I think what kept him alive was the Ned Bank Cup run. Oh, to the fight. But losing to TS yes. Galaxy as well is, good in, is that's good enough for for a dismissal. Losing to the first national yeah. first division team to win. But a from major where the trophy. team was. He got them to a final, but lost. and I think that, yes, they may have lost. And again, it's 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 all about um, the stature of the club more than looking at their results prior to him coming in. Yeah, Chiefs haven't really been anywhere in the past couple of years, and there was progress. So when you're getting to a cup final, there's progress, yeah, yeah. you know. And I think that's probably what the club saw. There is a bit of progress, so let's let's stick with him. And now they're reaping the rewards thereof. Right, so let's let's switch a little bit to Bafana before we close off our conversation. Um, I know got a new coach, Mulefin Zeki. Uh, he's he named his squad um, a squad not too dissimilar to the one that did duty in the Nelson Mandela Challenge against Mali. Uh, we're seeing a few guys though that I've been particularly interested in, you know, in seeing how they're going to do in national team colours. I think Bradley Krobler has kind of gone a little quieter. Um, since his red hot form earlier in the season, but I, I still feel like he could 
lead the the, the South African line. Um, but that's just my my opinion. Uh, Lebo Mutiba obviously is still a quality footballer if you're talking out and out uh, target man. Um, and then we've got uh, Tato Mukeke has come into the squad. We we saw what uh, Temigosi Loch did. Lebo Hang Piri as well from Jinkamp in France. I don't think he's actually played for Bafan. Does he have a cap? He played in the last game. He played in the last game. He has a couple, I think, a couple of caps. caps. He came on against Mali Ah. and he acquitted himself quite well. Yeah. Um, Are you excited to see uh, see what he can do? Is this the time also? I've watched him a couple of times. I remember in 2016, he was part of that Olympic team in in, in Brazil. Mm. Yeah, he's, he's a good player. He's a good player. But what, 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 what can we see from him? What's his, what's his style like? Is he more offensively minded, or is he like a jolly can a shuttle a, runner? can go box he's a, to box. He's a, he's a somewhat of a, a all rounder. Okay. But the problem is we have we have too many midfielders in, in the country. Are, I don't think he, I don't think he, I don't think he will get his, his chance as mm. much as he will have. But if he's patient, like Mukocho, I mean Mukocho. Because yeah, because he's still young. Twenty, I think he's twenty-four. Mm. Um, yeah, I think that's uh, you hit the nail on the head there. It's all about competition. Mm. I think yeah. at the moment there are a few guys ahead of him in the pecking order. Yeah. But it doesn't take away from his quality. I think he's definitely worth his place within the national team. Right. Um, right. But unfortunately, he might not get as much game time as he would like because there are guys ahead of him um, in the pecking mm. order. Uh, and as far as Ghana, there's, there's conjecture about whether the Ghana game away in Accra is going to be televised. Um, hopefully, a, a, a solution comes together. A statement was released about a week ago that Supersport have, will not broadcast. I don't know, SABC is a lottery. Uh, you never quite know what's going to happen. But at least we know the home game against Sudan will be broadcast. And it will be a real shame. You know, we saw what, the, what broadcasting matches the effect it does i'm not sure if you guys saw the the rugby world cup final was broadcast live on sabc courtesy of heineken coming in and intervening and then it's like the whole country is then bought in Mm. to the vibe you know because if the country's left out do you think they would have celebrated the box like they did not at all. I mean, it makes so, a massive difference. Yeah, it makes a huge difference. So it's important and that we actually see this I think fun again. I, I, w- I personally, I was very excited after the Mali game. And, you know, it's obviously Malefin uh, take his first game in charge. Mm. Um, but I was excited about how he approached it and the way the team played. Mm. Um, and obviously you want to now see the follow-on from that because that was... Uh, I mean, it is an important game for us, but it is a friendly after all. Yeah, um, yeah. You want to see an actual uh, qualifier and how the players react um, to the coach. And, yeah. mm. you know, with under the, different the circumstances, are, are pretty high. the stakes are much higher. They're playing away from home. Um, it would be really great to see this and it would be a travesty. I think it would be very unfortunate if, you know, the country is not privy to um, what I think is going to be a, a great game. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I'm going to throw somebody under the brass here. <laughs> uh, Bafana Bafana is trying to qualify for the 2021 Africa Cup of Nations, which will be in Cameroon. We know about Ghana, we know about Sudan. What do we know about the third team in the group? <laughs> <laughs> it's Sao Tome and Principe. That is the name I can pronounce. I don't know any further than that. We did a quick Google check with uh, Mark just before we got into studio. They're off the coast of Gabon. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're a little island there, probably no bigger than Cape Verde. Pro- pro- probably no bigger than my neighborhood, Southernwood, where, where I grew up in Eastland. 
<laughs> yeah, we don't, we don't have we don't we don't have like uh, enough information about this this kind of. But one thing we must know is that we must not take them for granted. Especially, That's what we do. Yeah, especially especially. I mean, we drew with Seychelles. I was I was coming there. <laughs> especially if you consider our history against these uh, smaller nations, yeah, islands, we must not take them lightly. And especially, I mean, if they they got to the group phase, they beaten someone to get there. Be Mauritius to get there. So they haven't just they weren't given a birth into the group phase. Just you know, in J, so they They had to beat someone. So clearly, and I wouldn't be surprised if again it's maybe um, because they're in. I think well, off the coast of West Africa, Mm. Um, near Caponia. So obviously, maybe they might have um, a lot of players playing the trade in Europe. Um, And so Mm. you know, Mm. I think I'm hoping that the people in the in the know we have done their homework yeah. and they, they'll be preparing and be taking them earnestly because you know you can't take anyone lightly okay what do you want to see from Bafana Mark I know playing in Ghana is going to be very difficult and especially with the xenophobia wave that came through in South Africa which is very unfortunate but fortunately we managed to move a little past that and we can play some football it did cost us on the continent as far as friendlies were concerned everybody pretty much pulled out and you can't blame them because you know there was a lot of anger towards South Africans or elements in South Africa that were very rogue I don't think it did it represented how all South Africans yeah. feel about foreigners that are in this country but now that we're back on the football field, you know, I do feel like the crowds in Ghana are going to make now. us feel it a bit that, hey, guys, you know, you're South Africans and now you've come to the continent. And, well, well, for me personally, I just hope that we play the, the qualifying series very soberly. I don't think okay. we must go into it and want to win every game. Yeah, You okay. don't need to win every game to <laughs> qualify. Because <laughs> let's be honest, we need to qualify for a tournament yeah. um, and make sure, you know, obviously we were at the last AFCON, but we need to do it now regularly. We consistently, yeah. we consider it. When we mm. think about AFCON, mm. no, you know, Bafana is going to be there because that's where we should be. Mm. And so let's be sober in the way we approach the whole tournament. Mm. We don't have to go to Ghana and necessarily win. Let's go to Ghana and point, come away a, with something. You know, mm, we don't necessarily have to come away. If we come away with a points. draw, mm. this is Ghana after all. We know, I mean, they littered with players applying the trades mm, in the biggest, mm, you yeah. know, leagues in the world. Let's be sober in the way we approach it. Yeah, We haven't been the best team on the continent for a very long time. Mm. So let's respect the opposition and say, okay, this is Ghana. We don't necessarily need to win there. If we come out with a win, it's a bonus. But if we, the you know, worst result is a draw and we have, we come back, let's capitalize when we come home against Sudan. You know, now it's a home game. We have the advantage. Let's win that one. So, mm. oh, two games, four points would be great. Sisha? As Pizzo will say, we must not get too emotional about these games. <laughs> <laughs> we must go there, play play for a point, come back against Sudan at home, beat them. Four points. Yeah. It's a great start. Great start. Right. You must know that once a man starts quoting it's almost a man <laughs> ah, you know the wheels have come off alright we'll end it on that note on the Sports Live podcast thank you so much for joining us Mark Haskins as well as Sisha Ndebele great conversation talking football gentlemen a nice little switch from the rugby that I've been peppering this podcast with but uh, thanks a lot for taking your time and joining me thanks a pleasure that's it from me, Spoom Chigeliso, and you've been listening to the Sports Live podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. Do also catch us on timeslive.co.za as well as Sowetan Live, Business Live. We are also on Iono FM, the Apple Podcast Store, or wherever you get your podcasts. It could be Spotify, Stitcher, Castbox, Pocket Cast, wherever. 
To connect with us, please use the hashtag SportsLive. Share your comments with us at TimesLive or at SowetonLive on Twitter. A big thank you goes out to the multimedia live team led by Scott Peter Smith and producer Paige Muller, as well as the Tiso Black Star Digital Sports Department, headed by Mninawa Mchana Ndroko. Our sound and audio mixer is Innocent Manike. From us at the Sports Live podcast, it's goodbye for now.